You are listening to Three Moves Ahead, the Once in Future official podcast of FlashofSteel.com, coming to you on the Idle Thumbs Network. I'm not sure that's ever been said before, but I'm going to say it. I am your host, Troy Goodfellow, and with me tonight are two very good friends of mine. First, one of my oldest friends and colleagues, the editor-in-chief of GameShark, and one of the founders of a pretty decent uh, gaming blog, NoHighSquares.com. <laughs> Uh, Bill Abner. Bill, Thanks, glad Troy. to have you here. Hey, it's always this good to be here. Th- it's your third appearance, right? Uh, third or fourth, yeah. Third or fourth, pretty good. Getting up, you're going to be regular? Yeah, I would consider that, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, you have a wall of fame type thing. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us is, in his first appearance from Conquistador Games, uh, my friend and sometime collaborator, Dirk Niemeyer. Heidi ho thanks for having me, Troy. Glad to have you, Dirk. Uh, I'm having these two on the show for a very special reason. We are talking tonight about sports management games. And we're going to start by focusing on Out of the Park Baseball 13, which came out about a month ago, I think. And we, both Bill and Dirk are in my, well, not my, but in the same <laughs> Out of the Park Baseball League uh, that I am sucking in and have sucked in for the last two seasons well two years last five seasons no 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 wait 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 let's 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 be honest here we are in uh, i actually have the game open right now we are in oh for fuck's sake we are in (laughs) september of 2019 and the league started i believe in the 2008 season um and how many playoff appearances does college park have zero we came close twice <laughs> no, Troy's team's brutal. Brutal. Troy, were you in the league from the start? Oh yeah, they won. Was a, they won. Wow. wow. We we were a winning team. We did quite well our first season. No, Troy. Troy had the uh, the had honor. Really no, he had the honor of the worst of the first. I should say the first shittiest e- contract, just amazingly bad contract in <laughs> league history. That is right at the feet of Troy Goodfellow. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a it was a terrible. Co- it, because he was a, yeah, I didn't, it's, we'll get into this. We talk about <laughs> sports management games in general. And I want to get, we talk about the evolution of sports management games. I want to talk about this contract that will come up. Before we start, but, Troy, real quick, um, yeah. this is, I think, okay, so. I, I think the fourth time I've been here. And one of the other times was to talk about sports management games. If, if, yes. if you recall, this is like, it's been a long time ago. Um, it, was the, it was the first season of the show. Yeah. The very it was, first, it was, it was one, of the, one of the first 10, 12 episodes. Was it that long ago? Really? Yeah. It was a, It was very early on. We talked about uh, the Blood Bowl. Right, 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 right. And, and then you and Bruce and, and me remembered Shirko. Yeah, Bruce and I just like went off on this. marginal game, like way, way back. It was yeah. like an hour-long tangent on on sports board games. Yeah, okay, I remember that. Yeah. All right. Bill, so, yeah, Bill you know. you're going to have it on your freaking tombstone that you're the sports guy. Like, it just never ends here. It will not go away. I you, don't, are, you are the guy. I don't even oh, review yeah. sports games hardly anymore. I don't. It, I know. It, it's rare that I that I do it now. You know, I just got I just got so burned out and so tired of it. I just kind of I tried to get away from that, and that was one of the that was one of the things about no high scores that I was going to make it. You know, I'm really going to try to focus on other stuff to not just be pigeonholed as that. But I know that's not ever going to go away, and that's you know, and I'm, that doesn't upset me. You know, get me wrong. It's just it once you do get labeled, you're it's there. Well, I'm never going to be known for my skill at reviewing Japanese dating role playing games. Well, no, of course. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just you saying, we build about? our niches, we, we make our beds, and we lie in them. Just but, saying. <laughs> That's not the point. I'm a strategy role play. I'm a strategy war game guy, and you're a sports guy. It's the way it, things are. All right, continue, continue. It's your show. Anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> so, but we're in this out of the park baseball league uh, together. And uh, Out of the Park Baseball 13 came out, and it's it's a game that comes out every year. And uh, this year, it's come <laughs> out to rather great applause, as it does every single year it comes out. Um, it comes out, uh, as seemingly many management games come out, every sports game comes out, generally, to rather great applause. And I think it's worth looking at a sports management game, which is a general strategy game. We can look at sports management games aren't like Madden, they aren't like other... Sports action games, where it's about skill and reflex. It's about 
managing a budget, managing scarce resources, managing time, they're genuine strategy games. And saying what makes Out of the Park Baseball 13 stand out from its predecessor, if you think it does, and Bill, Mm -hmm. you've made the case repeatedly, both in our chats, that you think it does. Yep, I do. Uh, What makes it stand out. Uh, Dirk, I mean, you've complained in private that you think Out of the Park just doesn't understand user interfaces in general. For sure. And I'd like to get into that discussion. Um, and I think this is a discussion that we should be having about what makes sports management games, what makes the franchises continue, what makes a good one, what makes a bad one, and what makes OOTP 13 the last one that our league will need to buy. Mm. Well, that's, that's, that's actually a very tough question. I don't want to, I don't want to go I don't want to go there yet, but as far as the yearly, the yearly release, I think it's, I think it's more of a challenge for the developers of these types of games um, because they're basically glorified spreadsheets, and to to come out with a new version every year is tough. But you know, it's it, it's it's their business model that they chose to get into. When when you do sports games, it's almost like a demand. Hey, the new season's coming. I want something new. Um, it's a lot easier to sell it when you have a graphics engine, when you're EA or 2K Sports or whomever, to say, hey, look, these new animations are sweet. You know, check them out. We have the new stadium that the Marlins are in. Check this out, you know. Um, new uniforms, have, new faces. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah, not only are the, are, 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 are the rosters right, which they never are, but not not only do we have the updated rosters, you know, we got a new physics engine, you know, and you and you're allowed to have all those buzz buzzwords thrown out. You know, we have built the physics engine from scratch. You know, we've we've completely redesigned everything. It's a brand new game when it never is, but it's a whole lot easier to sell that than it is out of the park saying, you know, hey, we have the real rules now for the Rule Five draft. That's that's in the game now, you know. We have a completely different um, AI written for trade negotiations. We have a completely revamped interface. We have a faster. We have a faster <laughs> game in general, to where things load a whole lot faster. You know, you can crunch the data a whole lot faster. You know, things like that to people that play these types of games matter. You right. know, and we had a discussion in our league. And it's actually ongoing about whether or not people are all on board to jump to the new version. And some people are totally down. Some people aren't. And it, it's all a question of, of what is worth that yearly upgrade. It's 30 bucks a year, mm-hmm. uh, which is generally, which isn't it's a whole lot of money, but it's a game that is a marginal improvement year after year after year. You have to ask, what are you getting for this? And if it's just a change in a rule that you might only notice once every five seasons. It doesn't really improve your prospect. It will not make the College Park Riots a contender. No, it won't. It won't. But it also depends on how you play the game, though. Which is, which is kind of the question. It's a, it's a, it's, which is kind of the thing. So what do you, in your opinion, because you, you want a really glowing review, a really strong review. Yes. Which will be linked at the bottom of the podcast. They really laid out that I think are one of the, some of the strengths for OTP 13, and I think is... But realize out the case that I agree with mm-hmm. uh, why people who, especially for the single player game, uh, why this stands out. Well, the single player, actually, most of the changes, not changes, but we'll call them enhancements um, for Out of the Park 13 is built around the single player experience. Um, but that's the way it always is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which to me is kind of strange because there are a lot of people that play the game in online leagues. And that's really the only way that I play it long term um, is is online, and and, and that kind of goes back to my earlier point about the yearly upgrade. I think it's a lot easier, almost almost like a donation in a way, when you play in a when you play in an online league, and you know I will spend every single day that at least when I'm when I'm home and not not traveling around but when i'm home during the week and on the weekends it is very very rare when i don't at least at some point during the day open up out of the park baseball 
and either sim games in our league or just look around the league. Just you know, look around at teams, look around at players. It, 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 it's extremely rare when I don't do that. And I know a lot of guys in the league are the same way. So to me, upgrading every year, even if those changes are incremental, when you do that, it's 30 bucks a year for something that you're spending an egregious amount of time with. To me, it's, to me, it's a no-brainer. Um, to others who don't spend that kind of time or that don't play in online leagues, that, that just play solo, I can, I can understand the reservation. Um, but when, you're, when you play in that setting and you spend so much time with it, you know, I, I don't mind chipping in the extra money. But going into Out of the Park 13, the main thing that is the, is the selling point is, is the interface. You know, part of it, though, Bill, is that it's such a hard game to spend every day in. Like, I know that you do and other members of the league do, largely people who've mm-hmm. been around a long time. Right. But the game doesn't make it easy to spend time with it. It, it makes for a difficult, what, what I like to call friction-filled experience. Um, so I, I totally get why people don't want to spend the money. I mean, I, I don't want to spend the money because it's it's subsidizing what's really sort of a subpar application at the end of the day. And... Um, it, it See, I would argue that. I would very much argue that it's a that it's a subpar well, let, application. Let, 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 I mean, let's have Dirk make his case first. Well, uh, actually, let me hear let me hear Bill's argument why it's not subpar, and then I'm I'm going to tee off on it. No, Dirk, you started this fight. <laughs> no, no, far away. No, no, it's and again, I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, I understand. I, I, mean, I completely understand where he's where a, he's a coming lot, from. I think a lot, a lot of this, a lot of the thing about sports management games, things like out of the park baseball and football manager, and all the things depends on where you enter yeah. the dialogue, where you enter the UI. If it comes to a point where you enter in and you realize this entire legacy that's been built up and just catching up is a chore. Right. So let's start with where you are, Dirt. Yes. I mean, to, to me, why, why it's subpar are a number of reasons. First of all, um, in an online league, it takes a tremendous amount of time to upgrade, upload your um, new league files every time to update. Um, for me to do it, I have to sit down at the computer. I have to hit update. It's it's one of those odd um, applications where it sort of takes control of the computer. If I try and open a browser window or something, things are going to crash or lag. What? Um, so it, <laughs> absolutely. So what? so this this thing takes. What are you control. running a TSR? What, no. what are you doing? My computer would kick yours ass. <laughs> it probably would. That's my, I don't understand. I, I'm, not, I'm not unique in this regard. I know Mesa said some of the same things. But just updating the files on a daily basis is, is tough. It takes time, and it, it, it makes using the computer really, really suck. So there's some technical things like that that are part of it. The big things for me are user interface things, where the game takes important nuggets of information and it hides them. It puts them in places where you either have to know from experience where to find them or you have to take a tremendous amount of time to dig and look. And an example where this affected me recently was in the annual draft because when when you draft the guys, it gives you a little bit of information on the line as you see them all and then you have to click into each of them individually to like dig into stuff. The problem is... is this is our league which is in 12? Because we're in thir- we're about 13. Our league is still in 12. Yes, and this is and yeah, this is again this this is Dirk's, Dirk's experience so far is with out of the park twelve, not with thirteen. We should make that somewhat clear. Oh, so uh, maybe maybe we should edit this. No, whole no, thing no, out no, 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 no. No, we should, okay. we should, because a lot of your complaints aren't going to go away when it comes to that kind of stuff. I mean, digging into um, players in the rookie draft, that stuff is there. It, there is still a, a tremendous amount of data that you have to deal with in out of the park baseball. A lot. So, okay, yeah, so Dirk, you keep going with your complaints because a lot of them are, are, are actual general complaints. Go ahead. Yeah, so, so you do have to dig in to find it if you even know what to look for. And so, for example, yeah. I, I drafted a guy with my first pick who looked really good, who I thought was a good pick. I've been in this league for three years, by the way, and maybe it reflects badly yeah. on me as well as the application. But I draft the guy, and then later, later on in the round, somebody's saying to somebody else, oh, wow, you took that guy, and he's going to be really hard for you to sign. Why would you pick him? And I thought, oh, crap, I didn't even know that that's a factor. Like, where would I find that? How would I know about that? And then I dug in around a little bit, and I was like, oh, wow, there it is. Yeah, geez, this guy is extremely hard for me to sign. And sure enough, I wasn't able to sign him. So that that's one example. But it takes the, the joy of playing in sports simulation games and why they're wonderful strategy games is that they give you interesting choices to make around constraints, around long-term planning, and around making systems work. And 
out of the park makes it really, really hard to find the crucial information you need to make your systems work right. So you're looking at something that seems like it's complete, and there's things that are in some corner somewhere that make it incomplete. And then you only learn later, usually by fire, in ways that aren't really good for you, uh, what what the real deal is. So uh, it's it's classic. I mean, I've been doing UI design for a long time, so it's some of this is not new. But typically in, in games, especially modern games, UIs are very good. And this is a UI that more reminds me of like the late 90s or, or the early aughts. It's, it's just really, really clumsy. Well, the transition from... 12 to 13 is kind of striking. Because the UI, at first it got a lot better, but the transition from 11 to 12 was supposed to be so much better. And as I recall, the dialogue for 11 to 12 was, we're going to make this a lot more like Football Manager. Mm -hmm. Which is supposed to be this really great, amazing thing. Oh, great, more like Football Manager. Well, that was actually, you know, there was the Sports Interactive, which is what uh, happened. uh, When did that happen? 2008? That's a a complete guess. Yeah, sounds right. Um, But yeah, but Dirk, your criticism, I won't argue with you. I'm, I absolutely yep. won't argue one bit. There is so much, there's so much data packed into that game. And for someone like me, again, that has spent years with it, it's, it's, it's second nature at, at, at this point. It's, it's like, you know, word perfect for DOS. <laughs> you know, trying to, trying to well, work your way around what is... Well, here's, not, here's knowledge of you, Bill. It's like you and me playing Europa Universalis. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I know where everything yes. is, and you don't. I do not. Absolutely. I, that, I, that is, that, that's a very, because I actually, you know, I, I tried to, I, I tried playing Hearts of Iron. I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't, I cannot penetrate this. And, and, and I, for me, it's just second nature. Yeah, and I wanted to penetrate that game. I wanted to, to break that barrier and get into it, and I couldn't. I love the Bill's genre. All about, Bill's all about the penetration. I, I, mean, I am. But with, with Hearts of Iron, it is an issue of game complexity. It's not an issue of UI density. Oh, and for me it was. Well, 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 but, but it's both. I mean, <laughs> for me it sure not, was. Because, because it's not like OTP is not about complexity. There's tons of complexity in there. It's just the information you think you need is not always necessarily in front of you. Yeah, I think I think I think OOTP is like George Costanza trying to give a woman an orgasm. There's a whole lot of Wait, movement what? and a whole lot of gesticulation, <laughs> but at the end of the day, he's not delivering. And the other old guys out there will know what I'm referring to. Yeah, but I mean, OOTP 13 was a huge leap forward. I think. Yeah, it was. It, um, it is. Interface. It's a significantly better and a, and, a, and a much faster and a much faster interface. But again, I, yeah. Dirk, a part but, of the problem. But it still, but it still, it still runs into hold the, the data processing problem. Right. Which comes under the whole general nature of sports management games in general. In what way? I would argue. In that there comes a point where you have to realize, you have to ask, what are you simulating? And how much detail do you want to simulate? Well, you know, that actually brings up a good point. Because, you know, Dirk, Dirk was really, you know, I don't envy the position that, that Dirk was thrown in when it comes to this particular league. Because, you know, he jumps in with, with a bunch of guys that have been playing for a long time and was literally kind of thrown to the wolves. It's like, you know, here's your game, Dirk. Enjoy, <laughs> you know, and this, now, and this. What, what, what state was his team in when he inherited them? Actually, the, my team had just had made were, the playoffs. They were pretty um, good the year before. <laughs> they were pretty the, decent. For well, no, I've, so 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 we we, we 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 can laugh about the fact that I've run them into the ground, but the the team that I inherited it was in a, it was it, it's classic. Whenever if people who are in sports leagues will know exactly what I'm talking about, this is a league where there's half a dozen people who've been in it forever, and their teams are just dominant. They're like nobody's going to catch them, and in my division, I had a team that was. Was just like that. They had almost all the way around the diamond. They had better people than I did, and they were all young, and they had a hugely deep system. And so I was looking at it, and it's the classic question of like, do I keep trying to compete and just like barely nudge into the playoffs only to get blown out by the superpowers, or do I try and do I try and rebuild? And so I, I chose to rebuild. And subsequently, you know, my team went from a 90 win team to I don't know what I'm going to win this year, but it, it won't be pretty. Um, More than me. I don't know about that. Well, really? well, see, you know, Dirk, you bring up a great point, and this is something that is inherent into the multiplayer systems of games like this, and not just out of the park baseball. You know, I've right. I've played front office football, uh, football manager played a lot of these types of games, and when you play in an online setting like this with you know thirty guys or whatever, um, whether and this is this is the same thing with even stuff like Madden and you know, NFL 2K and all that stuff. Unlike real baseball, where the idea is that all the GMs and all the owners, this is what they do. You know, this is, they're, they're all working towards that same goal and they're all putting in the hours. 
in a game like this, you're going to have exactly what you described. You're going to have between 6 and 12 guys who are really into it, who are really working, they're, they're, they're doing trades, they're scouring the waiver wires, they're doing all this stuff. Then you're going to have that next group of people that have lives. That... Um, <laughs> They actually so, go out and so, work for a living. No, 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 no. So, Bill, which are you? Oh, I'm definitely one of the first six because I'm here all day. Like I said, okay. I have the game open right now. I have the game so, open. So, out of the park is open. And again, this goes back have it on to the what Dirk was talking have, about. I want you up the record saying you have no life. Oh, That's I, all. I just I, want to get that right out there. <laughs> you're trying to shame me or something? I know <laughs> No, that. I'm just throwing that out there on the record. That's all. Um, you know, I have out of the park open most of the time. I was playing Diablo all day. Out of the park was open, too. I mean, it's, it, it's almost never not open. Uh, but then you have that next group that, that plays, but not to the point, you know, I know the out-of-the-park baseball league and its players much better than I do real baseball at this point. Much better. Hmm. And that's the absolute truth. Then you have the other group, that last group who are in it, who you never hear from, whose teams are going to be winning 50 games every year, and they just let their teams slide, they don't play the game, and... That makes it hard. That that that's that competitive balance that to make something like this work, you kind of need. You know, you need everyone to to try be, and be on the same page. But you know, there'll be guys that I'll send trade offers to, will not hear from them at all. I, and I you're not, and you're the commissioner, and they won't yes. even respond to you. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's not. You know, we don't have a lot of players like that. You know, looking down the roster of teams right now, we have a lot of guys that do play, but some of them are very sporadic. You know, some guys don't, they might send in team files once a month, you know, and it, hey, they want to play. They're not, they don't, they don't ask to leave the league or anything like that. But it, in, a, in a league like this, it's very important to try to get as many people kind of on board as you can just to make it because of what you just said, Dirk. You're going to have teams that, you know, win 120 games a year and then you're going to have teams that win 55. Right. And that's, that, there's that, there's that balance that, that's hard in this, in this kind of format. So you want to talk a bit about the single-player experience and what it's like? Um, sure. The thing about Out of the Park that's always been, at least it used to be, I'm, I, don't, I don't think it's as unique now. I think other games like Pure Sim Baseball and stuff like that, uh, they do it. But Out of the Park's always done this, and this was one of the first real attractions to me because I love, I love baseball history. Um, yeah. I, I am a baseball history so, nut. So, so what's the first season you ever do? Because I'm sure you're just like me. You the same team the same year every time. Well, you know, it's your first season. It's funny. I, I used to do that all the time with, with the earlier versions, but let me get back to what I was what I was saying real quick is that with out of the park baseball, you can start a solo league with real players from any season in baseball history. If you want to yeah. start off with the nineteen nineteen White Sox, go ahead. You know, you and it'll have all the players, it'll have all of the real incoming rookies come in. I mean you can you can literally recreate the entire history of Major League Baseball without the park. Yep. And that's, that's a part of the game that is totally separate, you know, like from the fantasy online league that we have. It's, it's a completely different game. And for a baseball history junkie like myself, to start, to start a season with, you know, and, and you can play reserve clause baseball just like it used to be. I mean, it's not like, you know, free agency and stuff. I mean, you can do it if you want. But like to start a season with the big red machine, you know, like the 1975 Reds, I can start that. There's Pete Rose, George Foster's there, Bench is there, Griffey's there. You know, to, to have that at your fingertips was the first thing that really attracted me to out-of-the-park baseball. And being, being that history fan, that's what absolutely sucked me into this game, seeing that happen. And also to where it wasn't like some of the other management games, like Diamond Mine. If you're familiar with that, that's a yeah. replay yeah. game. And that's right. very different from what Out of the Park yeah. is. Diamond Mind wants to recreate specific seasons. You know, here's the here's your 1985 season disc. Okay. Yeah, the Diamond Mind is Stratomatic on the computer. Yes, and they want to and they want accuracy. I mean, if 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 Ron say for the Dodgers hits you know 281 and when he actually hit 273, Diamond Mind fans are not happy. You know, they 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 want those numbers to be very, very close. Out of the Park's not like that. Out of the Park kind of puts everything in a blender and says, you know what? Babe Ruth might, might get hurt. You know, he might, he might miss the 27 season. You know, these, these kind of things can happen in a game out of the Park baseball. And that used to drive 
the old stat guys crazy <laughs> about, about this game. But it's just a different type of, of approach, I suppose. I actually think it's a good feature of out-of-the-parking games like it. The problem is, I think, with out-of-the-parking, with all of them that I can think of now, is that they don't model era changes well. Like, I like to start playing in 1901 as the New York Giants. I'm a big Christy Matheson fan. I love Hannes Wagner. Um, They don't do a good job of, like, getting dead ball right or getting lively ball right, and particularly the transition between. Like, it really struggles there. As young as you pick, I would have started in, like, 1968. The transition to like the 1980s baseball just does not work all that well. The numbers are way, right. way off. Right, right. And that's something that Out of the Park 13 has really strived to do. Um, I, I don't think it's perfect yet, but I, it, is, it yeah. is significantly better. And they, to Marcus's credit, he does put a lot of time into trying to get those transitions. This is really Marcus's real love. He's really yeah. a baseball history guy. Yes, he is. It's funny because when he first started making Out of the Park baseball, he never attended a baseball game in his life. I mean, he's, he's a German. He's in Germany, yep. Yep, it's fascinating. That that just blows me away. What's the story? I never. What's the story there? <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, it, it, it's been so long ago. Um, I just remember talking to him years ago about this, and it was just you know he was a big time baseball fan. He loved the game, um, but didn't have access to it, so it was all book learning. I think what he's trying to do is really admirable, and I think for 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 a certain arcane audience, I think it's really nice, but I. I just think it's it's really full of full of problems. Um, the problem the, the the problem I really have with with games like this is that they purport to be one thing and and they really aren't. So for example, with Out of the Park, you know, it says that it's modeling like the financial realities of a baseball franchise, and what they do is they give you the opportunity to, to control ticket prices, and how you control ticket prices is this huge factor to your overall financials and and has a reverberating effect through the whole franchise. They should either have a, a more complete model where, in reality, the park owner is making decisions around the tickets and around merchandise and around television contracts and, 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 or they should throw it all out and not not have the conceit of claiming that they can do all of that because they're not doing all of that. They're, How much have you played of the solo game, Dirk? I'm just curious. Uh, I've, I've tinkered around with some of the old seasons. Because like a lot of this stuff is actually in the game. I mean, a, a lot of what we do with the online game is very, very different. It's very limited. It's it's for 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 reasons of it being an online league. But, I so mean, you can. So, so it's it's your fault that we're doing the um, Finn wrong. Is that right? Oh, in in a way, it's it's absolutely <laughs> commissioner discretion without without a doubt because you don't. It's just a hard thing to manage with an online league. You know, stuff like merchandising and stuff like that. I mean, I just don't want to deal with it. Well, no one wants to. That's one of the things. No one wants to deal with. That's really a boring, stupid. Yes, way. and that was one of the things. Remember the game, and people used to love this about this game. What was that damn game called? Um, Clay. Clay makes it. Clay Dreslau. Uh, come on now. Oh yeah, shoot! I know what the game is, but I can't think of the name either. This is going to bother me. It was one of the first games of this type that I ever right. played. Baseball mogul. Right. Oh right. God. Yes. Okay, and it did yeah. all that. You know, what yes. was your concession saying? I didn't give two shits. Yep. Right, but it, it, <laughs> really should be, it should be one way or the other, though. By yeah, having I agree like, with just you. a slice of it, it, it makes it more confusing. You know what? And it brings back a point that I was going to go down and got sidetracked on when you talk about the older versions. When we first started playing the game online, um, and I think I'd mentioned this to you, Dirk, when you, when you were over at my, at my house a few weeks ago, um, that with the older versions of Out of the Park, Out of the Park 6, I think, was like the high watermark before the big sports interactive guys came in and totally changed the interface because this was a very, very different game up until the 2007 version. It was much more yes. streamlined. Um, it, well, it didn't have a whole lot going on. It was really all about it, just getting right into it. it absolutely. You, you didn't have a lot of this stuff. It, it, it also wasn't a world game like it is now, like finding rookies yeah. in Taiwan. None of that stuff was in the game. No. It was just, a, it was just Major League Baseball. That was what it was. And... It wasn't until they started to add all this other stuff that, that things started to get a bit convoluted. Because those older games, Out of the Park actually was called Out of the Park 6.5. They did like a little upgrade like halfway through the year that wasn't like a full version. But yeah, Out of the I Park... Think I, I think I still have the discs sitting Yeah, right here Out of the Park 6.5 was a brilliant game. Brilliant game. And but again, it didn't try to tackle so much stuff. And that's kind of been part of... The problem with the out-of-the-park games, ever since that massive 
interface change that they went, again, I, I want to say it was 2007, but I could be wrong. Um, but it, 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 it turned into a very, very different game. Because I agree with you, Dirk. I want it one way or the other. I, I don't like, if, if it were up to me with our league, we would be playing reserve clause baseball and not even worrying about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Easy there, Comiskey. <laughs> I wanted I wanted a salary cap when we started and I got voted down. Uh, I remember. Wow. I wanted a hard cap because our old league had a hard cap of like ninety million dollar salary or like team salary. And you didn't have to worry about all the scouting budgets and stuff. It was just this is your cap, this is it. You you, you can't go over it. And it was so much better because now we gotta worry about teams that have different budgets. You got, you know, teams that are loaded with money, teams that right. don't have any money. And I don't like that. I like it to be, you know, either 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 cap it or to where there's just no free agency at all and let you know, trades and age <laughs> pretty much is what it is. I want to I want a floor more than a cap. It's John Schaefer screwing us. <laughs> no, Schaefer's team is going to be really good soon. Yeah, because he's, he's paying like five bucks for all of his team now. Yes, yes. Schaefer's in the league and he's he's hooked on it like I am, though. John, oh, he is. He's John insane. sends. Like, every, every day oh he sends me a screenshot of his latest yes. hot Cuban rookie. Yes, wow. he, he will send me screenshots of players. There is, a day does not go by, including today, by the way. A day does not go by where I do not get a Google chat from John Schaefer asking me something out of the park related. Something. Yep. Can you look at this player? Is this a good trade? What do you think of this guy? Or, or he'll just say, man, my guys are sucking. You know, just something that is related to that game. Schaefer will yep. send me something. Guaranteed. He's hooked. Totally. Totally hooked. And he also completely agrees with Dirk. Yep. On, on, on all the interface issues. He is totally on board with everything that Dirk is saying. But again, it's just, he is, he's completely wrapped up. In it. Yeah, it's, it's hooked him in a way that he's just soldiered through it, and he's enjoying sure. the experience despite sure. those issues. Yes, yes, totally, absolutely agree with you. He's also 13. <laughs> <laughs> Which helps. No, but we've got uh, Steve Bauman uh, from uh, my my former boss, and now out at Gas Powered Games, he's in the league, and his team is usually his his team is the bane of Troy's. Because it sucks this year, <laughs> but I suck worse. Yes, for all of the listeners out there, let me let me just kind of set the stage for you. Steve's team is the Burlington Socialists, and uh, they normally he's in the National League East. He normally wins that division every year. This year. He is currently, this is Steve I'm talking about, Steve's team is 65-74 and 74 with a seven-game lead in the National League East. That's how bad that division is. Wow. I'm in second place. I, I think that's, that's unprecedented. It has to I'm be. in second place, seven games under. Seven games behind. But this goes back to what I was talking about, how the whole balance issues, you know. Yep. Yeah, but and again, I mean, those are endemic to multiplayer sports yes, games are. over time. It's just absolutely well, yeah, because a lot of it comes down to you know how much time can you spend, yep. um, and there are inefficiencies built into the system. Sure, uh, I mean, I, I'll go to this this bad contract I signed that kind of fucked me over uh, <laughs> really badly. Fault. It comes down to the fact that I looked at his numbers; they're actually really, really good numbers. I didn't pay much. Of, here I am. I'm a diehard Bill James disciple. You know, I love sabermetrics and all this. He's, he, he's my guy. I mean, first, he's a brilliant writer. He understands baseball, knows the sports. He's, he's my guy. What did I not look at? Park effects. Mm, yeah. yeah. And this guy hits everything to one side of the field. And, of course, my park yep. discriminated against his type of hitter. Yep. So his home runs were cut in half. I wish I could find never the gotten base, and he completely screwed me over. Well, hang on. So, now, hang on. Let's be fair here. No, that wasn't all of it. That wasn't all of it. That was it a big was part like of it. It was like a $27 million a year. It was the, cra- <laughs> it was, it yes. was the craziest thing I've ever seen. That was, that's what he asked for. That's, a th- that's what he asked for. I thought, oh, I'll give him what he asked for. This must be reasonable. And I know we're getting, getting all kind of inside joke here, but another guy in the league, his name is Bill Turner, he called me. This is like the yeah. second season. This is like the year 2010 yeah. of the league. Bill Turner, another guy in the league who, who was also really into it, calls me and he said, and I quote, what the fuck did your boy just do? <laughs> he was talking. He doesn't really know Troy. He's like, what the fuck did your boy just do? I, I didn't even know what he was talking about. It was the yeah. craziest thing. 
<laughs> that's the money he asked for. It's kind of crazy. You didn't have sense. to sign him, though. <laughs> you have to do that. Yeah, but this is the first multiplayer league I've been in. So oh, you have to. So the question of you know, what are the standards? You know, where, where's the money coming from? What's well, the history of how the money flow in the league? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a fair point. I mean, there's it's this a, whole a fair, very fair point. That, very fair point. That isn't in place yet, right? right. You yep. don't know if the money's got to be keep coming in. Is the tennis going to keep going up? Yep. Only the second, my attendance is really strong. What is? How quickly does fan appeal go up or down? I didn't know fan appeal would plummet like thirty points yeah. in a year. Yeah, there's that's all true. of this stuff that isn't in place that you don't understand. It's entire mathematics. Yes, the math uh, behind the game is not got, in place. So you don't understand problem. until and you're with, until you're in the league for. Until, I don't think anybody in the league really understood until you're like four or five years in. Now, maybe some people did, but I certainly didn't. Um, now that doesn't this doesn't mean that I'm not an idiot. I was a colossal idiot. <laughs> it was a great. Like there were there is nothing to there's nothing to justify my idiocy. I mean, uh, Bill Billy Baru is right. I was a I'm, your boy fucked up bad, uh, but uh, no. But uh, his team's never recovered. Well, they they've, <laughs> they've, they've recovered. They've, he won ninety they, games that first season. Troy's team in two thousand. I'm looking at it right now. Troy's team in two thousand nine went ninety and seventy two. Finished a game out of first place. Almost A game out of first place in that wow. division. Yeah, we were. And we were has close. not won over seventy eight games since. Well, when you give Dante Bichette the highest contract in baseball over eight years, that's that'll happen sometimes. <laughs> that's pretty much what it came down to. It was, he was, uh, it was something. It was I mean, legendary and, and, contract. Is, and of course, I, I, I couldn't release him. No, God, it was yeah. It, it would have been. It was something like twenty-seven million for like four years. It was like it was like twenty million dollars for. The tw- it was crazy. Yeah, it, was, it, it, it was, was an insane contract, and I've and you know, I've, I've signed. I have a guy now, or my my backup catcher. He's like, it's not a great contract, but, a, but it's not a terrible contract. So your backup now he's your backup catcher. What are you talking about? My back. He's like paying over ten million dollars a year, no, but he was oh in place to school. He was schooling my other catcher, but now he's backup and he's a free agent next year. And I've used that money to sign my other guy, so I'm oh, fine. Oh man, that's that's a, yeah, something. I, but yeah, um, again. But but, I, but but there's all this stuff you don't understand yep. in a multiplayer league. In a multiplayer league, you can get totally screwed in this game because the math is so opaque. Um, there's really no way, even yep. the manual, to understand where so much of the number, how many of the numbers, where the numbers come from. I mean, for all you can say about the opacity of Paradox's Byzantine numbers, mm-hmm. the math is clear. There's a lot of math. But it shows you where the formulas are. The, you just got to look for the formula. I mean, you, like you don't know. I have in my my team, for example, my third most popular player on my organization is a double A pitcher. Yeah, that's so stupid. How the hell does that no, make it, sense? It doesn't. It's a it's, it's a it's a flaw in the game. There's a for those who don't don't know. There's a uh, there's a mechanic in the game that has to do with popularity, popularity either local or national, and for, for each player. And you have a fan interest number on your front office screen that, you know, of course, the higher it goes, everyone's really jacked about your team. You know, you got players that, you're, that your fans love, you know, but you might have a guy in the minor league, not all like this, most of them are negative, yeah. but you'll have guys in the minor leagues that have this crazy local popularity, you know, and, and, if, and if something which would makes, happen. Which makes sense if they're a prospect, if they're like really some amazing guy, like a, a Bryce Harper type person. You have sure. to be, yeah, I mean, these, these would have to be really like five-star, you know, Top top guys, and that's not that's not always the case. And you now, might, has that been now, to my note, to my I have not noticed that being fixed no, in thirteen. Not, not not to the point where it should be, and, and that is a real that that that's something. I don't think it's a huge. I don't know. I don't want to call it, it, it a it huge really, issue. It really isn't. It isn't a huge issue. I mean, it really isn't, especially in the single player game. The single player game has a negligible issue because the AI in the single player game it's better at trades than it was, but it can right. still be screwed over. Yeah. But your um, fan interest should not go down at all because you trade a middle reliever. No, I mean this is, you know, I think I think the fan interest is still a mechanic that is still it's still way too fidgety. I, and it should. Be. I completely agree. And I think it, it sh- there should be it should be a, I mean look at the Kansas City Royals how long is it going to take them to to really turn people away. 
Yeah, the, the problem with fan interest and with so many of these things is the opacity of the information. Like, at, at least as a new player, if you're brought into a league like this, and I don't think that this is specific just out of the park, but we'll we're talking yeah. about it, so, sure. so so we'll use it. But to, but, but to most games, and to most of these games, it's a similar thing. There, yeah. There's things like that, and you don't know what the hell's behind it. And whereas in real life, in baseball, like, if you give me the, the total baseball encyclopedia and let me watch some games, I'll know what's going on. I can tell you who's good and who's not. I can tell you why. I can tell you what positions they should be put into to be successful, the whole nine yards. In this game, I'm clueless. Like, I've played it now for three seasons. Um, there's just so much data that's hidden. It's put in places you're not sure what's important. You don't know what interrelates. Uh, it's it's just a classic example of trying to do something really big, really complex, and in the process making it terribly difficult to to understand. Like what, Dork? I'm just I'm I'm just curious. What are some of the examples of some of the hidden hidden information as far as as far as putting players in the right spots? I'm not I'm not quite following that. Well, uh, part of it is that you can't, it's hard to tell who's who. And because we're using all fantasy players, there's no context. So, sure, sure. Whereas in real baseball, if you see a name, there's a lot of data that just comes with that name. You, you have, well, you that's, know that's not the game's that. fault, though. I mean, how, how, I'm not, I'm not following that. I mean, we're, because we are using all fictional players. We, we should probably make that clear. This is a completely fictional. Which is the best way to do it. I, I mean, I agree. Well, well, you don't want to have, yeah, you don't want to have all this freak. You don't want to have, People that like baseball but don't follow real baseball that closely. Right, but it, it exacerbates the problem where you you don't have at least an anchor to think, okay, this guy probably is somewhere in some approximate mold, and then you can look but, at data to better shape it. Yeah, but, but but they're going to retire someday, right? We're playing like five. We're playing like three seasons a year, right? right? So then this problem is going to appear eventually. And you're making draft picks, right? Who are going to be fictional players? Right. Yeah, I don't the, think that's an inherent out of the park problem. I no, mean, no, no, when, no, 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 no. I'm not saying it's an inherent out of the park problem, but it's it's a factor in a totally fantasy sports game like this that right. exacerbates things because there's no context. Take take for example Civ Five, and I want to. I'm, I'm mentioning Civ Five because I'm playing it now, and I knew we were doing the show, so I was thinking about <laughs> it in this context. Everything in that game, there's some hook for. Everything you have an option to do, whether it be build a workshop or. Um, build something with a great engineer or change your civics, all of them, there's some context in real life. So when you see them superficially, you have some idea of what's there. And then as you go a little bit more below the surface, you get a lot of data and you really know what the hell you're dealing with. Here, you don't, you, A, you don't have that to begin with. And then B, the, what data is there is, is spread you know, throughout a, a complicated user interface. I don't know. I, I disagree, Dirk. I mean, I, 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 I mean I, I've never built a workshop. But I've looked at a box score, and I've I know what an on base percentage is, so I can look at you know my draft picks, so I can see what their college on base percentage was. I can look, and my scout says what their arm was at shortstop. I mean, the the data is there. It's how I choose to interpret it. Let, let me give you, let me give you a perfect example. I've got a guy on my on my team. He was this five star pitcher, this spectacular guy. Greg Dixon is his name. He got five stars, which is the highest you can get in this game. His Overall rating was four and a half. His potential rating was five. My scout is like, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. He already had been in the league. He had great stats, the whole nine yards. A, a season later, he's a half-star guy. He didn't get injured. Nothing happened to him. But his ratings completely tanked. They, they gave me all of this data that said this object is one thing. And then for no discernible reason whatsoever, it's a, something in, completely well, different. No, that's, well, first of all, I think that it's a certain no discernible reason or no reason you didn't notice. I mean, the first of all, yes, that's exactly league, what it is. Because minor league injuries generally are not very well advertised. Hang on, let your, me... major league, your major league injuries are pop up really clearly, and often they're just minor league stuff just shut, generally shuttled down. No, th this um, this guy was a major league pitcher for me with an ERA yes. plus of over one forty for his career. Like, yeah. this was a significant this was, guy. This was a very, he, and he's 30 years old right now. But again, this all goes back to the, kind of that paradox thing that Troy was talking about. The information yeah. is there. It's whether or not you just know where it is, because because he did get hurt. You know, I'm looking at him right now, and he did. He went from a four and a half star ace to a half a star. His velocity went from 96 to 87. You click on his player history, he had he was out for four months with shoulder inflammation. That'll do it. You know, when these guys guy gets hurt, he loses it. Now, that, and usually you don't see it drop that much. That is that is rare for him to just completely yeah, you, fall you, off you, the face of the earth like that. You, I mean, you told you young pitchers will break your heart. But there is a reason. Good. I mean, and and it's right there in the data. But it, it is it is an interface 
no argument from me about trying to find where stuff is, but it's rare where it's like, you know, how'd that happen? Usually you can find something in the game that'll explain it. The thing is, the thing is that's the sort of news that, you know, it's kind of the big serious news that should be advertised. The big right. stars. Right. Right. This great news. right. This great prospect. Oh my God, what happened to him? He's gone. Or the kind of player you can flag. I want news about this player. Um, in bigger exclamation points, I suppose. But, I mean, how often do we read every news alert we get? Well, this is and there's an thing. avalanche of them too, right? Which, again, it's a UI problem. And, Bill, God bless you. Like, you found that in the history in, in a split second, and that's yep. fantastic. But history is one of seven tabs on this guy, and each of the seven tabs have sub-tabs. They're not all of them, but many of them do. I mean, you're talking about, like, more than 20 tabs of information just to try and dig out these nuggets. And me as the owner of this guy, I, I had no idea what the hell's going on. He just became worthless overnight. But, Dirk, I have to take some issue with that because where else can they put it? I mean, you look at these tabs, and I hate to do this over a podcast because people are listening like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But, I mean, <laughs> there, there, you know... There will, be, there will be screenshots at the bottom okay, of the Okay, I mean, you've got, you, you have his profile, there, then, then there's, the, there's a player ratings tab, and the next three tabs are all stats. Batting stats, pitching stats, fielding stats. There's a player, there's, there's a history tab, then there's the, then there's the BNN player page, which is a completely useless page. But um, that... That history thing is right there, and there's there's a tab. It even even says history. I mean, I, I'm not Again, sure it's what... one of seven stats there, right? Uh, one of seven tabs, and each tab has many sub-tabs. And so I'm supposed to look at history to figure out what happened to him? Like, how is that? Well, yeah, if you how... see someone that goes from five stars to one, I would assume that checking to see if the guy was hurt or something happened, it would be there. I'm not sure where else they could have put that. I'm not sure what else they the, could the, do. The, 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 the moment you notice that is the moment you think, what the hell happened? Right, right. But, instead of saying it's just magic. Right, but he had right. injuries. He had injuries at many different points in his career, and many of them didn't impact his ability at all. So, how do but, I, how do how do I pick through that? How do I know? Yes, I think sure. that a better way to handle that would 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 to, would to have a report of some kind that would that would specifically tell you, hey, due to this injury, Dixon's lost velocity. Yes. You know, something like that. To have that specific note to where you don't. Well, you don't have to root through here. The data's there, but you should be hit in the face with it. I agree with you. That's one of the problems. And it's the same thing in OOTP 13, is that player development and player progression Mm -hmm. and regression is not as well marked. And that should be, that can be even in in the roster tab. They could have an arrow tag. They they do. Out of the Park 13 finally brought that back because the old version. That's right. They did. The old version of Out of the Park, this is, again, back to Out of the Park 6. And Marcus took it out because he hated it, but everyone else liked it. When you look at your minor leagues right. in this game, you really have absolutely no idea when you should bring players up, unless you're just going to look at their yeah. stats. Um, a lot of guys just let the AI automate it and stuff, but there's no real hard and fast rule on when to, when to move players up through the minor league system and finally on your major league roster. Well, yeah, so, so I just let my AI do it. Right, anyway, right. Because there's no the, other way to do the it. Old, the old games had these little arrows, these little up and down arrows that would tell you, hey, this guy's ready to go up. Or this guy, he's, he's, he's overmatched, moving, moving back down. That's been brought back for Out of the Park 13. Yeah. But, but I meant for certain, for certain ratings. I meant for, like, the velocity's gone down. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a scouting report tab there, but there's nothing that will... Yeah, but I, I meant for, like, specific ratings themselves would be useful. Right, because, I mean, again, it's, again, it's a data overflow, right? We're each managing systems with over 100 players... And right. our, each player has a number of ratings. Like, how can we keep track of how all these Yeah, but the thing are is, there? but Dirk, we're going to get to the point where you either have a sports manager game or you don't. <laughs> I, I think it's a UI issue. I think that if, if a UI is designed correctly, this would all be happening seamlessly. It would be, it would be a wonderful experience. I'm not saying it's easy for a game of this complexity to do it, but yeah. it's certainly possible. Yeah, I'm, I think it probably is, but it requires a, it requires a, law, a lot of numbers. And a lot of men require either either large, either small or fewer menus with more numbers, which would be a special kind of hell. <laughs> well, it just it needs some good information visualization. You know, it just I, I yeah. think it just needs a designer's hand. But um, yeah, I mean, but OTP thirteen is really a leap forward. Have you played OTB it, Troy? 12. Have you have you messed around 13? with thirteen? I have. I mean, really, have. I, I mean, I always start with the nineteen eighty two expos. Uh, nice, Andre Dawson, that, Tim Raines, fantastic. Yeah. Eighty, they, f- f- five All Stars. The first baseball team I fell in love with, you know, Steve Rogers, Gary Carter, Al Oliver, 
was you know was my my team when I grew up. That Warren Cromarty was he on that team? Warren Cromarty in right field. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, the worst second baseman in baseball, Doug Flynn. Uh, uh, it was uh, it, so there, that's the team I always start with the '82 Expos. I always try to make them try to win, and they never do. Uh, but so that's why I start with, it. and it's it's a it, the interface is just so much cleaner and better. Um, it's great to see everything laid out so neatly and to progress so smoothly. Uh, I do like one of the new features in OTP that I really think is kind of cool. Haven't played a lot with it, but I kind of want to experiment with it. Is that you can have players from history appear at any time in history, mm-hmm. so you can have Ty Cobb pop up in like 1992. Huh, yep, that's wild. Yep, which I think is. It, First of all, which is this like Ty Cobb with dead ball ratings in 1992, or is this Ty Cobb normalized 1992? Now I know Dirk, you've played a lot with normalization of ratings. This is kind of one of your little fetishes. Uh, you like to normalize stats, uh, mm-hmm. for, and and I think it's a it's a really cool idea. And I, so I want to play around with that. I think it's, it's something that I've played with in other leagues, like Tony Larusa baseball and uh, Earl Weaver. Of course, mm-hmm. had this kind of kind of like the first simulation simulation thing I really love for the Earl Weaver baseball. So it's not quite simulation or strategy management, but I think OTB thirteen is just such a it's a cleaner look. It's smoother interface. I can find what I want much faster. I'm looking forward to moving to it in our next season. Oh, I'm terrified. I'm terrified to move to Out of the Park thirteen because I have I have talked about how much better it is and I can't wait I can't wait I'm, for a I'm, phone call from Dirk. This is a bag of shit and he hangs up oh, on dude, me. Oh, but the thing is, it, it is a bag of shit compared to so many things. It it it's there's you run to a limit and I think I've run I've run through the paradox games and I know Bill and you and I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. There's an informational limit you run into with UIs. Right. Where you have so much information, we have to put things in menus. And once you start going into menus, you realize, well, once I've gone into menus, I can add another menu and throw in more information. You know what? You bring up, have you by chance, either of you, played Endless Space? No. I haven't, but no. I want to. Okay, I, I pre-ordered it and have been tooling around with it. And that, again, that's exactly what you're talking about. It's information overload for me because they do a tutorial in a way that makes my eyes kind of glaze over. You know, every time you click on a new screen, just a bunch of text will will appear telling you every minuscule thing on that page. And I can't. It's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't. I cannot process all of this. Cannot do it. And I, I have the same problem with a lot of Paradox games. Um, I fought my and clawed my way through Crusader Kings to where I got it, I know what's going on, love the game, totally great. Other games I've tried, and I feel so stupid. Have you tried them since Crusader Kings 2? No. I think, I think once you've cracked one, the others will become a lot easier. I would, I, I would, I would assume. I would assume so. <laughs> Talk to Frederick at E3. He'll such a <laughs> If he can figure out anyone can, trust me. You know, I, I apologize. I, I wasn't. Um, I, I kind of didn't expect us to talk about out of the park the whole time. But one of the things that I was thinking about as as we were, ahead, we, we have all the time in the world. Yeah, one of the things I was thinking about as we were heading to the show is how much it is a shame that a lot of people don't equate sports games with strategy, or how people who aren't necessarily sports fans but Tom like Chick. strategy games. Yeah, like that they stay away from games like, jeez, uh, I say like this after I've just skewered out of the park, but <laughs> there, sports management has the most wonderful strategic choices that you can make in any game. And it really does. It so does. I, I've, I've recently, just over the last week, gotten sort of fixated on trying to do something basketball related because especially in the sport of basketball where you have only five people on the court at the time where um, people you have direct matchups like how this center plays like their different style the different things they do how it works like the symmetry or asymmetry with different opponents and roster management and issues of um you know player how players get along and their teamwork like the constraints are so tight and the problem so specific yet there's so many different options and ways of framing the solution it's it's awesome it is so much fun and so for strategy gamers who think about sports games and sports simulation games like yeah sports no thanks you're really missing the boat and i'm someone i'll be honest like i've 
played tons of sports games. I've, I've designed sports games. I've, I love them. I don't watch sports. Uh, the last time I saw a baseball game was uh, 1998. I, I, you know, the NFL season happens and I just put on the highlight shows and see how my, my fantasy teams are doing. Like, I, I, I'm not terribly interested in watching sports, um, except in very extreme circumstances. But the, the, the specific strategic challenges that these games offer are wonderful, wonderful. Um, and you're really missing out if, if you're a strategy gamer and you're not giving them a try because they're cool i mean it's i mean i'm playing here's a bad strategy game last year um rob zachney and i had jen cutter on the show to talk about f1 racing and i said the f1 racing game i wanted was an f1 management game where i could create a racing team and design the engine and race them blah 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 well i got one and it's a piece of crap. Really? Now, it? Why is it a piece of crap? It's uh, called Pole Position 2012. Uh, and it's published by Calypso. Uh, okay. I'm not sure who the developer is. And I just, it just popped up uh, on Steam. So I thought, hey, what the hell? 19 bucks. Why not? And it is just one of these games that it's... The developer has done other games. I've seen The interface is... I've seen before. And, and, and another similar soccer game. And it has the, it's just so cut rate, <laughs> how it does not get you interested in the event, doesn't get you involved in the, in the sport. Um, it also has that really bad thing you would see about sports management games from like the 90s, where they take the names and kind of fake them. Oh, man. So yeah, like, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> It, Mary, it is Schmo, Mary it is Schmo Fontana yeah, at quarterback, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> So it's that sort of thing. Only it's you know, it's Mark Schleffer playing, <laughs> right. racing for Schmidt Bull. <laughs> uh, it's really it's a terrible, terrible. And it's but it's, so it's so there are just so many of these cheap games out there that. But there's so much upper. It's a, it's, a, it's the kind of sport I want to manage, and I think there are a lot of these out there. People who want to because there is some strategy involved in this. People who want to own a team and there is—it's a business management. Yep. I think this is about sports management. It is business management. It is kind of like capitalism, the old great capitalism game. Instead of managing factories, you're managing players. These are little pieces you're moving around. Um, well, it's, it's also technology management, like F1 in particular. Yeah. I mean, the technology sure. is huge. Yes, yeah, well, research and the like. Uh, yeah, you think about. Um, and I think this is the weird thing about, I think one of the weird, one reason I really can't get into this, the action sports games, the games like, you know, like Madden and like uh, the big action sports baseball games and the like is this great action sports component, which is amazing. But the franchise modes just really can't bring me in. No, they can't. They don't, they just don't have that fidelity to, I want to run this. I want to, I want to manage, I want to trade, I want the stats to come out looking quite right. Now, Bill, I know you and Bill Harris of Dubious Quality mm-hmm. are really the two people who really speak to this, you know, fidelity right. about sports management. I think this is something that we, that, I mean, and Dirk, you mentioned this too, how you want this transition from one era of the sport to another. If you want a historical sim, you want to have that borderline kind of clear. And I think this is something that's kind of important. Um, and as an, histor- as an historian, which is what I fancy myself as when I put on my funny hats and go to sleep at night, uh, it's, it's kind of a big deal, uh, I think. Um, well, that's the I, thing. I mean, I, if you want, you know, Dirk talking about Out of the Parks interface, I would, uh, we, should, we, should, we should sit down and I should show you the interface for these console baseball games. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to maneuver around uh, because games like the show and games like 2K Baseball, they are trying more and more to add out-of-the-park type features. You know, tons of minor leagues, tons of data. Trying to do that with a gamepad in your hand, trying to manage all this all this stuff with, with these interfaces that just cannot support the data. Right. I mean, yeah. it'll make you run back right. and give out-of-the-park a hug, I promise. It's really a terrible design. But the thing is... That- because the data is there to support the action. It's there to make the players run right, 
and look right as they're moving in the field, and not necessarily support the stats as the outcome. Because they're designed to make them look good in the, in the games they're playing. I don't right. think they expect people to play 162-game seasons as they're playing them out with their friends on the couch. Right. And so when they create these franchise modes, something's got to give. Now, Madden's something different, because you can play a 16-game season with your friends on the couch. That's another matter. So I think they do a little bit better job at least making the stats look a bit more decent, but not necessarily great. Mm -hmm. Still too many weirdnesses going on. I just can't get into it. It just doesn't feel right. I'm with you. Um, the last, I think the last franchise modes that I got really into in those types of games, and we're going to go back a ways here, um, the college games, the NCAA football games, I used to really get into the recruiting stuff until they made that just so much busy work that I just wanted to break the gamepad over my, you know, it just got so monotonous. But going back before that, the last baseball game that I played any significant amount of franchise mode was high heat baseball on the PC. Yeah, and that was because it was. No, a, that was a classic. Yes, and that was because it was. And then we're talking high heat baseball 2002, so that came out in 2001. That's how long ago yeah. it was. And that's because it was a PC mouse-driven interface and not, I'm not, you know, dangling around with a gamepad right. in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> so here comes, here's, here's this is the question, I guess. What's too much? At what point does a sports management game reach the point where there's too much for the player, too much for the interface for each of you? This is a personal choice, of course. I mean, there are people out there who want to decide how much to sell their hot dogs for. They're insane well but is, for, is there a point where and for each sport it might be different yeah I mean, it is and that's exactly where i was going to go that's absolutely true troy for me with baseball not so much you can because baseball to me has always been about data to where you know you can you can throw as much stats at me as you want in a baseball game and as far you know if if it's i can learn sing, the interface single, single player otp do you hire the coaches at any oh level? absolutely absolutely okay. now on the flip side to that, a football game is very different. I don't want to micromanage like the play calling or you know the, the specific nuts and bolts. You know, like front office football used to do this to where, and again, it would melt my brain. This was too much to where it would go in, okay, all right, we're going to call these five plays at these percentages of, of time when it's third and seven in the third quarter. When we have the wind at our back, we're going to call these plays. No, that's too much. Can't do it. That, that just, to me, we're, I am now doing things that I have no interest in. And that's, that, that's the turnoff for me. That's, that, that is too much micromanagement. Dirk, what's your threshold? You know, for me, it's just it's uh, having a system that's appropriate. So I can both enjoy something that's relatively superficial and something that's extremely deep. But I want for whatever the experience is for it for it to be tight and for it to work. When when you have something like out of the park that is so opaque, is so deep, there's so much stuff going on. Even for somebody like Bill, there's some percentage of the stuff that they're presenting that either he has no idea if it's important or not, um, or it may or may not be important. So I, when I'm playing something, I want to know what's important. I want to just get what I need to know. If it's more because there's more to deal with, that's great. If it's less for a smaller context, that's great too. But it's, it's knowing how the parts are all moving and understanding if I look at this object, I'll understand and I'll be able to make decisions. I'll be able to reach conclusions. I'll be able to solve problems. And I may or may not be right, but I'm not being gotcha'd by the game. Um, mm. And so as long as it's functioning that way, depending on sort of how much time I have available now that I'm an old guy and I can't just lose myself for two weeks in games. Um, if the time is there, I'd love to go deep, but I, I don't want the gotchas. I want to go deep and really have it be good. Great. Well, thank you both for being here. I do want to take the time to mention that Dirk Niemeyer's uh, game, Road to Enlightenment, has recently reached its Kickstarter goal. That doesn't mean you can't keep donating to it. How many days left 14, as of today? 14 days left. So 14 days left as of today. So when this podcast, as I say, when we're recording, this podcast goes up uh, probably a dozen days or so. Uh, you should donate uh, to it because it's a really, really good game. It is a really it, good game. It is absolutely I mean, worth absolutely worth backing. It is really uh, cool. 
Really I don't. I, I don't pay you guys enough. <laughs> the, the, com <laughs> the, com the components are really first rate. Um, it's historical, set in 17th century Europe. It's got some amazing stuff. Some great videos. I've supported it. Bill supported it. Bruce has supported it. Um, it's the type of. I thing actually have not the... supported it. I have no. I have not. You, you playtested it. I did. You play tested I did. It. It's supporting it. Yeah. Okay. Bill, Bill right. gave it I love. Not... Bill gave it love, not money. Right. Well, I. You know, you know what? You know, and now I and now I feel bad. I will go on. And no, I will, no, no, no. I will. I will. I, I will kick in the appropriate funds. So thanks to me, Bill's daughter will not eat tonight. Uh, but <laughs> thank you both for being here. Uh, this show is uh, thank you to Michael Hermes for uh, editing and uploading for editing the show tonight. Uh, thank you all for listening. And Bill Dirk, talk to you both later. Take care. Thank you, Troy.